Well, today our topic for the Integrate uh, message this morning is set your mind. And I believe it's going to be a practical message for all of us. And it follows a little bit of what we've been talking about here in our adult service last week through the life and the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ. Set your mind. So I got a true false question for you, okay? Just you guys need to listen to this. True or false? We're talking about the mind today. Is the mind the same as the brain? True or false? You think false? Yeah. Oh, someone says true. Okay. Someone says true over there. All right. Let's see. This isn't for shekels. This is just for your, your own knowledge sake. Okay. Let's see. It is actually false. The mind is not the same as the brain. Okay. The mind and brain, they have a very important relationship, but they're not the same thing. They're different. I bet you didn't know that, some of you guys. The brain, can you see your brain? If I opened up my, my head, and I won't do that because I, I like my head, but if I open my head up, could you see my brain? Yes, you could see my brain. And it's very important, your brain is very important for your body. Can our body function without our brain? It, it couldn't, so don't try it. <laughs> Yeah, so, but the mind, you can't see it. It's not physical, right? The mind is not physical. Uh, you can't see it with your eyes, but it's very important for the life of your soul. And can you see your soul with your eyes? You can't see your soul, but it's also your mind is very important for the life of your body as well because it works with your brain. It works with your brain, but they're not the same thing. In fact, the mind is the leader of your brain, which tells your brain what to do. And when your brain gets the instructions for, from your mind, it then responds to you, and your body will start to follow that. The Bible speaks a lot about our mind, and today we're going to see what it means to set your mind. So here's our Bible quote for today, kids. For your booklet, you can fill this out. It comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 6. If you need help, get some help. It says this, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So as a Christian, we all have a choice to set our mind either on the flesh or on the spirit. But it seems like a pretty easy choice. So if you had a choice between death or life and peace, what would you choose? Death? No. I think we would all want life and peace, right? But choosing life and peace comes through setting our mind on the Spirit. So what does it mean to set our mind? Well, just let's, let's be really simple about this. Setting our mind simply means focusing on, agreeing with, choosing, trusting in, and resting on the thoughts that the Spirit gives to us and not on any other thought that is in your mind, okay? So that is what we do. We commit to, we focus on the thoughts that the Spirit gives to us. So how do we do that, especially when we have these things called feelings? Who has feelings in this room? I do, all right. Any of you guys have strong feelings? I definitely do, every single day. 
And sometimes these strong feelings, they're, they're not always um, wanting you to do what God wants you to do, true? Yeah? Sometimes they're opposite of what God wants you to do, of what he says through his word and what he says through the spirit in your life. So that is a bit of the question that we're going to look at today. And to illustrate, I'm going to tell you a story. You guys interested in a story? It's a story of some very scary hornets, okay? So let's say you like to go hiking. You guys, we got hiking people in here? I'm not a huge hiker, but I do enjoy hiking, right? Let's say you're going hiking on the beautiful trails of Sarak-san, Sarak Mountain, by yourself because, I don't know, you like to do this by yourself. I know our brother Patrick likes to go hiking, don't you, over there? Let's say springtime and the weather is beautiful. Unlike today, although it's clearing up a little bit, it was kind of like yesterday, and the scenery is just amazing. It's, it's breathtaking. And it was really hard work for you to get up to the top of the trail. And so once you get up there, you ask somebody to take a picture of you. And this is how you look. Up on the top of the trail, you are obviously having fun. You're just enjoying the time. And it's a great day. Okay, so you come down the trail after you finish your really fun, hard hike. And you see a tree. And this tree looks like it has some very yummy fruit on it. You can't really see it very well, but it seems like it's up there, but it's kind of high. So you take a stick and you try to get that fruit. You can't reach it, so you take a little rock and you toss it up there, okay? And you even shake the tree trying to get that fruit down. And then suddenly you realize there's something you haven't seen before. It's kind of hidden in a way and it looks like a nest. And this is where your brain comes in. Your brain goes, hmm, I wonder what kind of nest that is. Is it a bird's nest? No, it doesn't look like a bird's nest. Is it a squirrel's nest? I don't think it's a squirrel's nest. And then suddenly you see some insects coming out of this nest. Oh, that's not a bird's nest or a squirrel's nest. It's, a, it's like a bee nest, right? And so you recognize, as you look a little bit closer, it's actually not a bee's nest. It's actually what's called a hornet's nest. Have you ever heard here in Korea called the giant Asian hornet or malpol, right? These things are huge. This is an Asian giant hornet nest. Have you seen these things? It was funny. I was out with my kids, with the family on Friday, and we were trying to fly, fly kites. It was a windy day, and um, I wasn't very successful. I got it a little bit high, but it wasn't successful. And all of a sudden, I see one of these, these hornets, and they're huge, <laughs> It was right in front of my face, and I was a little bit scared, so I started running away from it. And not only are they huge, they're, they're, they're dangerous. They, they can sting you, and they can hurt you. And these hornets, they look like bees, but they're not like, like bees at all. Do you know what the difference between bees and, and these kinds of hornets are? Well, well, first of all, bees, they make honey, right? And they eat honey. Well, hornets, they don't they don't eat that. They, they, they're meat eaters, what call carnivores. They, they eat other insects. And honeys will generally leave you alone as long as you leave them alone. If you bother them, yeah, they'll bother you, but when you, once you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone, okay? That makes sense. That, that's fair, right? Well, these hornets, not just these, hornets in general, they will attack you even though you don't bother them. But if you start throwing rocks and sticks at their nest, 
guess what? They go into attack mode and they will chase you down. They are very aggressive and they will hurt you very, very badly. And here's the thing. Bees, when they sting you, their, their stinger goes inside your skin and then the bee dies. The hornets, they can sting you a hundred times and they, they will not die. These are really... So back to our story here. So you see these insects, these bees coming out of the hive and they are swarming and suddenly you realize they are coming after you. All right? So very quickly, your mind is going through your brain to see what to do in this situation. And the, mind, the main advice from your emotions and in your mind is, run! So you start running, okay? Here's you running. And as you're running, there are some other options in your mind going through, okay? One option is, maybe I should climb a tree. Uh, that's a dumb idea. Don't climb a tree. Bees can get you in trees. Okay, I'm running, running, running. I can't run forever. Maybe I should go hiding under rock. Uh, I don't think that's going to work. Okay, you keep running, running, running. And then you think, oh, I can, I can jump in some water and go underneath the water. Have you heard this? And so then you hold your breath, go underwater. But then you remember somebody telling you, these hornets will just wait for you to come back up out of the water. And it's true. They will. So unless you can hold your breath for like 30 minutes, they'll wait for you to come back up. So you said, oh, that's not a good idea either. So all of a sudden, you, thankfully, you see something way in the distance, and it looks like a shelter. It looks like a cabin. And your mind says, I can run into this cabin, right? And all of these options are recommended by your mind to your will. And remember our soul? Our soul, inside of our soul, we have our mind, and we have our emotions, which are, is our feeler, and our will, which is our chooser, okay? And as a spirit being who has a soul living inside an earth suit called a body, these options are made by our mind as, and made recommendations to our will, and the, the mind prioritizes which is the best recommendation, according to what it thinks, believes, it believes will solve the problem the best. So then the will chooses from these options presented by the mind. But also, here's the thing, the feeler, the feeler has a say, okay? And the feeler, in this kind of situation where it feels like life or death, the feeler creates this feeling called fear. And on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the highest... How high is the feeling of fear in this kind of situation? Pretty high, probably close to a 10, right? And the feeler can be a very powerful motivator to the will, especially if it's reporting danger at a level 10, okay? 9, 10. In fact, at this level, the feeler has the ability to talk to our body directly to avoid immediate danger. So it can if either you hear loud noise or start, watch out! You know, all of a sudden, our body can just respond immediately. Yeah? Jamie, you got that over there? And it, 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 it responds quickly without us even having to choose so that we can avoid immediate danger. The feeder can also send something like rocket fuel. Who would like to have rocket fuel inside your body? Well, it's something like that the feeler can do called adrenaline, making you run faster than you've ever ran before. 
into this cabin that you're going to. So you don't know this, but this cabin that you see in the distance is especially made as a safe place from hornet attacks. This cabin is a, is a refuge for hornet attacks. Why? Because there's a lot of hornet attacks in this area. Huh? But the moment, and the moment you run inside the cabin, let's say you run inside, you slam the door, you lock it, at that moment you are instantaneously safe from danger. At that moment, okay? However, only two seconds later, do you know what you hear? You hear the buzz of all the hornets coming after you, and it is surrounding the cabin, and you hear it loudly, and and these hornets are angry, and they're looking for some way to get inside the cabin, yeah? And it's very, very scary, and they won't give up. But you don't know, because you've never been in this cabin before, you don't know anything about this cabin, and that it was made for this purpose, to be a safe place from hornet attacks, right? If you were in a hornet attack, I think I would love to be in a cabin like this. So say there is a CCTV inside the cabin. What would be, we be seeing you doing as you're believing that these hornets are going to come in and get you? You're probably at the back of the, back of the cabin against the wall, plastered next to it, thinking that these hornets are going to come in any time now and, and, and sting you to death, right? So you, this is probably the picture we can see. Plastered against the wall, like wallpaper, you know, thinking that these hornets are going to get you. But wait a minute, you're safe. Inside the cabin, you are safe, remember? In fact, you're so safe that you can just relax, and, and, and you can maybe check out what rooms are in the cabin. Maybe make yourself some tea. Or, you know, get out your phone and look at Facebook. Or send an email. I mean, you can do that. But the problem is, you don't know that you're safe. You don't know that you're safe. The feeler is saying to the will, I feel like these hornets are going to find a way in and get me. And that feeling is still at a number 10 Highest level, okay? Even though you're safe. Do you understand? But it's really high. And the mind is being influenced by the feeler's high report that you are in danger. And so if you feel so strongly about this, maybe it's true. Does that make sense? Maybe it's true. So the mind says, I'm going to get stung by these hornets. The hornets are going to come in and they're going to get me. And the will doesn't have any other choice because the mind and, and the feeler are saying the exact same thing. So it tells, the mind tells the brain yeah, to, to act like you are a person who's about to get stung to death by hornets. And so that's how your body is going to be acting because that's what you've chosen to believe even though you are safe. And say, for example, you didn't have a very good physical heart, your heart wasn't healthy, or you had some other conditions. If you stayed in this mode for too long, you could, you could maybe even have a heart attack. Yeah? And in fact, your mind is so powerful in this way that if you continue to be 
in this state for so long, your body can start to break down. It, it, it can. And so you're not benefiting at all from being safe inside the cabin, true? Even though you are completely safe. So let's take a look at the situation and what needs to happen in four steps, beginning with point number one. So here's your booklet, and it's the truth. You are safe. The truth is, you are safe. This is true. However, you don't know that you're safe. You can feel and live like you're going to die, even though you're actually safe. And if you had like an unhealthy heart or some kind of other physical condition, being in this kind of fear state could actually lead to some kind of heart attack or some kind of condition. And your body can actually not benefit from the fact and the truth that you are safe. So what good is the safety of the cabin? Nothing. There's no goodness that it, it's done. It isn't enough to be safe, brothers and sisters. You have to believe it, okay? You have to believe it. Colossians 3, 1 through 2 says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek things above where Christ is. That's where Christ is. He's from above. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. The things above in heaven are eternal. They cannot change and they are everlasting. Okay? And so this truth, the truth that is, when we're talking about the truth, this comes from above. It comes from God. And this is the truth that sets us free. This is the truth that empowers us to live by God's strength and not our own strength. This is the truth that gives us life. But none of this is good to us. It doesn't do any good to us if we don't believe them. Do you understand? So, friends, did you know that we can talk to God anytime we want to? And anytime we need Him? Anytime. There's no other person in the entire world who will give you that promise and be that available to you. God is. In fact, the Bible tells us that we can pray without ceasing. Meaning we have the joy of going to God anytime we want to talk to Him with about anything we want in any situation that we are in. It's good to talk to Jesus all the time. Every chance we get, Jesus loves it and we need it. Okay? And so whenever we're feeling fear or we're feeling upset or angry, even when we're feeling happy and excited or disappointed, we can always ask Jesus this question. Jesus, what is the truth? Jesus, what is the truth? Whatever situation is, that's a wonderful thing to ask Jesus. And Jesus is faithful to show us and to tell us what is true. In fact, he's the only one who can tell us what is true. And when you hear the truth, you also need to then choose whether or not you're going to believe what Jesus said is true. And here's, a, here's what you need to know. Your mind, your mind cannot set itself on two different things at the same time, okay? It cannot set 
itself on two different things at the same time. If you think you're a great multitasker, which I don't think I'm a great multitasker, the truth is you cannot do two things at once. Your mind and your brain is not built for that. Your brain can actually alternate very quickly between two different things, but you cannot set your mind on two different things at once. You cannot have a peaceful thought and a fearful thought at the same time. You just can't. That's why when you text and drive is a very dangerous thing. Because truly, you cannot text and be driving at the same time. You can do one or the other, but that's why accidents happen. Kids, you cannot play video games and do your homework at the same time. No matter how many times you've told your parents, you can. You cannot do that at the same time. You're going to do one or the other, okay? So we cannot set our minds on two thing, different things at once. We have to choose. We have to choose. And our mind can be set on things above, on what God says, or things here on earth that are often very, very much not true or what they seem to be. Point number two. As time passes in this story, you might come to realize, okay, maybe I am actually safe. The bees, the hornets are not coming in. And they've been buzzing around, but they haven't found a way in. Maybe, maybe I am safe. And you see, oh, I thought maybe I saw a sign that this is a refuge from hornets, hornet attacks. So you start to believe that I am safe in this cabin. This is similar to what faith is, that you believe the truth. The truth, okay? Romans 10.10 says this, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Faith, which means it's believing with our heart, is very important in this process of setting our mind on things above. It opens our heart to heaven so that God can change our heart. And He can change it forever if we let Him. It can be changed by God. So something I would encourage all of us to pray often, as often as possible, whenever you're in your day, is this. Jesus, what am I believing right now? What am I believing right now? Okay? That's a wonderful thing to pray. And it doesn't matter what it is you're believing at this moment, but that Jesus show you what you are believing in. And then let Jesus show you what you are believing in, and you can, and he will say, is this the truth? Is this the truth? And, and pray, after this, pray, if you're willing to do so, Lord Jesus, I believe to choose, to choose to believe you and in what you say. Yeah? Not, not I want to choose or I want to believe. No. If you're going to pray, pray, I choose to believe what you say and in who you are. Because when we say, I want to believe, that doesn't activate our will. Our will doesn't become activated. The same, I want to is not the same as I choose to, right? We can want to and want to, that's good. But when we choose to, faith happens, Faith happens, okay? 
And here's something you need to know. You can replace both a thought and a belief with another thought or belief. And it, it relates to what we talked about just a minute ago, that you cannot set your mind on two things at once. So the thing is, the, the beauty is you can actually replace one thought or one belief with another thought or belief. Those can be replaced completely. It's like a channel in your mind. Yeah? Have you ever been switching channels on your TV? Yeah? It's, it's like that. It switches completely. And so that's what we can do with our will is choose to replace one thought, one belief with another one. And that's a very important process in setting our mind. And here's another important step. For faith to be perfected in us so that through faith we experience safety, security, and salvation in Jesus Christ every single day. And at this point, maybe in the cabin story you're realizing you believe you're safe, and you might be saying to yourself, oh, I'm so thankful for this cabin. Without this cabin, I would be in such big, big trouble. True? Yeah. So you're thankful. But here's what's, going to, here's what's still happening on CCTV. You still got your back against the wall, and you still look like you're going to die. You're a person who looks like they're about to die. Okay? You're still looking that way. Why? Because your feeler is still at a level 10. And your mind started to believe the truth that you are safe, but it's like at a level 2 or a 3. Okay? And so the will has to choose. The will has to choose. And if you're used to choosing the feeler's report, 10, 10, which is about five times the amount of what the mind is saying. The mind's saying reporting around 2, and the feeler's saying 10. So... If you believe the feeler, you're still going to be like this, okay? Believing you're about to die, feeling like you're about to die. But here's the thing, you don't have to. The will can still choose from what the mind is saying, even if the feeler is saying 10, okay? It can still choose, no matter how loud the feeler is, no matter how much danger the feeler is saying it's, it's reporting, the will can still choose with what the mind is bringing to in terms of truth, even though it's lesser. It's like a two. Does that make sense? That's very important. It can still choose that. And so that leads us to point number three about the will. Okay? And this, this means that we need to put into action your faith if that faith is ever going to benefit you. We need to put things into action. There needs to be something what the Bible calls works, okay? And in this story, you need to choose to live as a safe person lives. Choose to live as a safe person lives. So your mind is saying something like this as your back is against the wall, plastered there. These, okay, these hornets, they can't can't get me. They can't get inside. But I'm still shaking like a leaf, I'm sweating like a pig. My heart is racing so fast, and I feel like I'm going to die. And your mind is saying, just relax. Get off this wall. Step forward. Sit down. Relax. Okay? So that is what your mind is telling you. So the will begins to 
act on the mind's recommendation. Even though it's maybe at a 2 or a 3, and the feeler's still at a 10, you start to almost force yourself to say, I'm going to choose what is true. I'm going to choose what is true. So you're choosing to now live as a safe person lives. You're bringing your behavior, your actions in line with the truth that you believe according to your faith. Okay? And this is what it means when the Bible says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So you take and you follow what, what your mind is saying, and you take one small step off the wall. It's a small step, but it's a step. Okay? It's a small step, but it's progress. Yeah? That's good. Because you're beginning to start to live and believe like you're a safe person at this point. So when you come to believe in truth, and this mind-setting process is happening, I encourage you to pray this. Jesus, what is one step that I can take to walk by faith and not by sight? And after you take that one step that Jesus tells you to take, then you say, Jesus, what's the next step that I can take? Yeah? And here's what happens when we start to live this way. We start to walk by the Spirit and no longer by the flesh. Step by step. They don't have to be big steps. They can be very little steps. What's called baby steps. Baby steps. Even baby stepping is, if you're baby stepping in the Spirit, you're, baby, you're walking in the Spirit, okay? Walk in the Spirit, and you ask Jesus, what is that one step that I can do? Because if you don't do this, here's the thing that you need to know. If you don't do this, if you're not setting your mind in this way, what happens is that your mind will automatically go back to its normal pattern of thinking and operating of things that are not true. That's what happens with your mind. It just goes back to its normal way if you don't set your mind, okay? But taking these steps, taking these actions to live out God's truth begins to put a stop to how your mind was going before. It puts a stop to it, right? And here's our last point. Is this practical? We're getting practical, yeah? And so these are things I believe we can start doing. And, 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 and this last point has to do with our feelings. It's so important for us to understand where our feelings come in all of this. I trust I will feel safer someday. I trust I will feel safer someday. King David, his emotions... You can see his emotions in Psalms chapter 43, verse 5. And they're not very happy, nor are they very hopeful. But he's speaking. David is speaking to his soul. And while he's doing that, he's activating his will to set his mind upon the things above and not things on earth. And he says this, listen. Why, oh my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Do you see what David is doing here? 
He, he's speaking truth into his soul. And he's choosing to put not faith into his emotions, but faith into God's word and who he is. Yeah? And this is so important for us to understand. Why is it important for us to understand? Because so much of even our world tells us, just, just follow your heart. Do what you feel. What feels good is probably true. These are not, these are not true. In fact, this is what we can call feeler flesh. Okay? Feeler flesh is you believing your feelings are facts. If you grew up believing that your feelings tell you the truth most of the time, then this is something that God will help you with in helping you take your faith off of your feelings and onto what he says is true. Because your feelings are actually good. And here's something for you to know. God didn't make your feelings so that you can control them. Okay? God doesn't want you to try to control your feelings. That's not how he made your feelings. Did you know that? In this world, they tell you, control your feelings. Yeah? Our feelings are like that of a, a, that on a, the gauges on a dashboard in a car. Yeah? On the, on the dashboard of every vehicle, you'll see a gas gauge, a dometer. You'll, you'll see the temperature gauge. And so what happens in a car is when you run out of gas, the gas gauge will say, empty. Yeah? When your engine gets really hot, it will show you that the engine is hot. But the car designers did not design for you to go in and change those things and control and manipulate it, okay? So that when you're going down the road and your fuel gauge says empty, you say, I don't like that, so I'm going to put it to full. <laughs> Would that be silly? Wouldn't that be silly to do that? What's going to happen to your vehicle? It's going to break down. It's not good. <laughs> We apologize that the last five minutes of the sermons are not available due to some technical reasons. God bless you.